you not have goals? Do you, do you not have pain? I think every single person in this world has some yeah. kind of pain that happens and they think it's status quo to live with it. Yeah. And it's not. And people want to be active for life. That was Renee and Austin Bailey, runners and co-founders of Recharge Sport, and this is the Running on Ohm podcast. I'm your host, Julia Hanlon, and I'm excited to share with all of you about today's sponsor, Dan Walters Running, a personal distance running coach who works online and in person with runners of all levels, from Olympic trials qualifying marathoners to runners who just want to finish their local 5K. Dan brings the same amount of passion, care, and thoughtfulness to each athlete he works with. With a background as an engineer and collegiate runner, Dan's training has a scientific and personalized depth that is specific to your needs. What really makes Dan Walters running unique, though, is Dan. He is in it 110% with his athletes. Your success is his joy and your struggle is his struggle. His athletes have unlimited communication with him so that you can access him at all times. If you're a Rue listener and in Chicago, you're one lucky duck to be in the same city as Dan's growing running team. And if you're interested in working with Dan and don't live in Chicago, no problem. Dan coaches athletes around the world, people who are willing to work hard, love running, and want to improve their fitness at any level. If this sounds like you, you too can be coached by Dan. Find DW Running on Facebook, and I'll also include additional information in the show notes about how to reach him. Now, on to our show. Hey everyone, if this is your first time tuning into Running on Own podcast, welcome. And if this is your 151st time, welcome back. I'm your host, Julia Hanlon, and I want you to know that Running on Ohm is more than just a podcast about running and yoga. It's conversations with wellness pioneers to explore the mind-body connection through different mediums. From actors, meditators, musicians, authors, Olympic gold medalists, chefs to surfers, I believe that the stories of the people that I bring on for all of you every week can change your life. I had the joy of visiting Bend, Oregon in September, where I interviewed some incredible people, including today's duo, Renee and Austin Bailey. Renee and Austin are the co-owners of Recharge Sport. Recharge Sport is a revolutionary performance facility that is part gym, part athletic recovery center, and part community gathering place. So what's so revolutionary about Recharge Sport, though? Well, Austin and Renee are making the tools that are available to professional athletes accessible to everyone. They've developed a center where your chiropractor, massage therapist, PT are all under one roof, and you can also practice recovery with their state-of-the-art contrast baths and compression boots. I had the opportunity to spend some time at their center in Bend, but they also have centers in San Francisco and Washington State, and as they'll tell us, Recharge Sport is growing, maybe to a city near you. Renee and Austin are not just business owners, though. Renee is a professional marathoner, and her husband, Austin, is her training's partner, an accomplished runner in his own right, and massage therapist. In our conversation, we discuss the importance of recovery for athletes of all abilities, and how you, too, can begin to practice recovery in your daily life, which Renee and Austin argue will help prevent injuries, perform at your best, and help you have the energy to live your healthiest life. Now tell me someone that doesn't want that. Before we get into today's conversation with Renee and Austin, I have an exciting October giveaway to tell you about where you can win a Nutso swag bag. Well, what's even Nutso? It's the only seven nut and seed butter on the planet, so think about the best peanut butter you've ever had on steroids. How do you try Nutso and win a free swag bag of it? Jars, hat, and shirt? Well, it's actually pretty simple. All you have to do is leave Running on Ohm a review on the iTunes store, send a screenshot of your review to runningonohm at gmail.com or tweet it to at runningonohm. The giveaway ends October 31st, and then a winner will be randomly chosen and announced by November 2nd, 2015. Thank you for listening to these longer intros. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for reaching out to me on social media. I always love to hear from all of you. And let's dig in together to today's conversation with Renee and Austin Bailey. Well, I can remember my first track race uh, in high school. Uh, it was a Grizzly Bear Invitational in, in Oregon. And uh, I ran 3K. And I was a freshman, I never ran the distance before, and I wasn't really sure how it was gonna feel. And um, I didn't even know where I was in the race, because it was a track, and we sort of lapping people and getting lapped, and it was just kind of confusing. But all I knew was just, it was a lot of fun. There was cheering the whole way. It was, I felt like I was able to get more out of myself because of the atmosphere and the environment and everybody around me, it was really cool. And then when I finished, I crossed the line, I ran faster than I expected. 
I, I found out later I finished higher than I thought, so it ended up just being an all-around good experience. Um, and so that's my first clear recollection of a race, and after that I was hooked. So to put a freshman in a 3K, though, I feel like is kind of bold. Because that's a longer distance. I mean, imagine you were running 5K for cross country. Mm -hmm. But if you were you training in middle school to like have a base to run a fast 3K time, I feel like you need to have that aerobic development. Oh, well, no. I mean, it, it, I didn't run very fast. <laughs> and uh, it was just, I mean, it was longer than, it was shorter than cross country. So, um, you know, so there was that. And I, you know, I knew I was, I was better at the longer distances even then, you know. And so the, the 3K really appealed to me. Well, and I think at that age, you're just going for experiences. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah, you try I everything. Mean, yeah, like the first time I ran a two-mile, I think I threw up on the start line because I was like, what? I don't know what's going on. Am I sick? But I realized later that was nerves. <laughs> Once the gun went off, I was fine. I was like, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> and I think, you know, at that age, you can be a little bit under-trained and usually fine. Um, you're a lot more resilient at that age um although you're right you are kind of thrown in but you don't have expectation then and sometimes that can be what is the changer like, like like i think you should appreciate those age those years before it becomes something where you're always going for a certain time or when you just go in and you're just like i'm gonna run eight laps or whatever and you it's hard for you to keep that track keep track of that and now it's like that's short so it's weird but yeah um, I didn't go as long in my first race, so <laughs> my first race was 800, but 800 meters, um, and, but what he just said is pretty similar, like, I was hooked at the end, um, now my, it was a little bit different, I was really far ahead, but, um, I mean, it was a small thing, you know, but I was a gymnast growing up, and so I, I mean, I thought I was going to be Olympian as a gymnast, so my brain was all gymnastics, but I had some pretty horrible accidents there. Um, it's a pretty brutal sport on your body. So compared to that, running a race seems pretty, pretty not so, not, not so scary. <laughs> but like I said, I actually did get pretty nervous, you would think. But um, when you don't know, sometimes your brain can get in the way and you, you get fear and so of that unknown. But at the same token, I think that's special too, because it shows you care. And it's, you're you're in the moment and part of life so i know it's a beautiful thing at the same time yeah it's this double-edged sword yeah of being able to retain that childlike spirit mm -hmm. you know and care deeply about it at the same time that's really really cool way of seeing it when was running something for both of you guys that it was like wow i really want to um, try to pursue this in a way that is like with all of my heart whether that was in high school college post-collegiately Oh, that's a good question. Um, was there ever, like, a turning point? Yeah, I mean, I'm the type of person that's kind of all or nothing in general. Um, like, I can be the most dedicated and the most lazy <laughs> at, the, at the same time. But there is a stigma where you really go all in. Like, not just in the moment, but just in your life, too, and taking all those steps. And for me, um, I guess it was when... I mean, I have two moments. One is my freshman year of high school because I showed so much promise right away, um, but I was still doing other sports. You know, at that age, you're, I believe it's really good to, to not specialize when you're 12. <laughs> like, keep, keep trying a lot of sports. So I was playing soccer. I was, you know, still dabbling in some other sports. And my high school coach, because I came back from a really poor race after, because I had gotten beat up in a soccer game. I'm not very big, so like it tends to happen. Um, he was like, you need to focus. You need to quit other sports. You need to and just do running. And it's a big, you know, decision. But so that was the first one. I quit every, like my freshman year of high, after my freshman year, sorry, sophomore year of high school. I quit any other activity and just went solely into running. And then um, where I really dedicated myself was my sophomore year of college, um, where I saw it as like a lifelong path. Yeah, like a lifelong journey and path and passion. That's when I really realized this not just for scholarship, not just for right now. It's more of a lifelong journey. 
Was that when you were at CU? Because I, I know you transferred to CU. I hadn't transferred yet. I transferred right after that, though. Okay. So it was right, um, basically, I, that's why I transferred. <laughs> Part yeah. of the reason why. But um, so um, the next year I was at CU. Cool. So, yeah, for me, my uh, big um, turning point came when I was a freshman in college. Uh, when I when I made the cross country team at the university at the University of Colorado, that was just so far above and beyond what I um, expected out of myself. I really didn't I didn't have a lot of uh, confidence in so my. So you were a walk on. Make the team, yeah. I, Rocky I Mountain Shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good yeah, job. Yeah, <laughs> I know my stuff. He wore the red yeah. jersey to let everyone know that he's trying out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it wasn't before then that I really viewed running as something that I was really that good at you know but it was once once I made that team there um, it was that that validation I suppose I've been looking for for a long time that at that point I didn't necessarily think of myself as good but it it maybe let me know that hey there's potential here to be good or there's potential here for a lot of growth and at that point I I was extremely excited about it and you know that combined with being in a you know new environment in college with a, a new you know set of, of uh, friends around you know on the cross-country team just made it for a really exciting you know kind of fruitful time um, so that was my turning point where running became more of a you know lifestyle yeah and that that was your community mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you were putting yourself into I mean right. you, you had that experience from your freshman year running in college um, from the get-go and then you kind of walking into that really mm-hmm. is really special and see you from having interviewed numerous people who went to see you, including Kara and Jay Johnson and mm-hmm. more. It just, Mark Wetmore's program is really one of a kind. What yeah. for you guys were some really big lessons you learned from him, whether they were good lessons or hard lessons to learn? There's so many. Um, I mean, Coach Wetmore, I mean, I still like get nervous in his presence, which is weird. <laughs> like you would think I'm 33 now that that would be over, but he's just so brilliant and, um, I have the utmost respect for him, but, and it is a close knit community. Like you said, the CU team, like male and female, where it's, it's, it's like for life. It's like the legacy of it. Yeah, it's totally, it's special. But I mean, there's the lessons. I mean, I have one that is pretty, a hard one, but most of them are positive that I have, but I do have a hard one in there because it's like blazed on my brain. But, um, I, where I really truly got specificity and why you're given a certain pace and what the purpose of workouts are. Because I think there's a moment, it's, it takes a while for this to really sink in any athlete, but when you're young, you just think faster is better. I mean, if you're given times, if you run faster than that, that means you did even better. Um, you know, if, they, if you get a range of six to eight, you think eight is good and six means you failed. Like, but it's not about that. You get a range because it depends on the purpose of the workout and what pace you're getting. And Coach Wetmore is really about specificity. Um, it's not high tech. It's not, you know, the, what's your Garmin say or what's this pace. But um, it's really about training you for a certain event and getting you ready and which is why he does so well at the championship events and trains them to peak at the right time but as a younger athlete you it's hard for you to really grasp that until it you get that lesson and I was supposed to be doing these 400s in 66 but I was feeling really good and I was running like 64s and he, he, he warned me like once you know you're not hitting your time you need to get on 66 and I didn't fix it, and he actually left me at the track. <laughs> he didn't even say goodbye. He just turned around and left. <laughs> I, like, started crying. <laughs> I, like, I was like, what do I do? Um, I did finish the workout, <laughs> and I made sure they were 66 so I could go back and tell him. But, but um, you know, then we sat down in the office, and, you know, he said, you know, I'm coaching you for a reason, and you have a lot of potential and talent, but there's purposes to things. And if you run... 64 is you're not training yourself because I was training for a 3k not a mile or a mile not an 800 depends what you're training for it all is part of a plan and it's specific like the whole week you have so many different workouts you need to get in and they all have a place and if you screw if you don't follow the plan you can't make up for it you can't it's a domino effect yeah it's a domino effect and it just I don't know forever I have that 
yeah, it was a it was a pretty turning. Like after that, I I am such a better athlete at practice from that one moment than anything else. Like at hitting splits, at I never was good at that before that, and now I'm like, it's like everything's more perfect, and I think that's translated to all the way up to now that I run the marathon. It's even more important the further you get. So. So, you know, I can't think of, there's not necessarily one specific instance that jumps out at me, but um, from an overarching standpoint, I think of, um, I mean, there's so many lessons that I can think of from Mark, but a lot of them boil down to the same concept of simplicity. He has, he's a brilliant person, but his approach is really simple. And I think one of the reasons why he's successful year in and year out is because he resists the natural sh- human urge to complicate things. And the human predicament, I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He does a good job of keeping things more simplistic, and that's not to say that it's a simple system that he or follows it's easy. or that it's easy, because <laughs> simple ain't easy, but it's a, it, he takes a much more qualitative approach and teaches us to listen to our bodies, listen to sensory data as we're running, and ultimately, you know, we're in the driver's seat. We're in control of how we race, how we feel, how we perform, you know, what we eat, what we do, how we sleep. And, and you know, he just t- teaches us to look at all of those things as a whole, look at the person as a whole, and, um, you know, just to, you can always, there's always things that you can tweak, you know, you can always, always, you know, add something here or take something away there. But um, ultimately, if it gets too complicated and you're trying to do too much stuff, then you're going to have a hard time making it all work. You so remind he, me of the goat speech. Yeah, yeah, he has a great speech, a great speech that he told us one time at camp. Every you know, time at camp. With all, the, with all the, you know, all the cross-country athletes. Um, so it must have been probably, what? Um, well, it is every year. You know, so 25, of, 25 kids or so. and you know, It's probably reached hundreds and hundreds of people now. Yeah. And, you but know, but just has, tell them the story. He has a great story of this famous artist who uh, was a sculptor, and he sculpted a, um, a statue of a goat, and it, it, it turned out to be a masterpiece. And then later on, uh, an art critic was asking this artist, how did you, you know, what inspired you? How did you know the steps to go through to, to make such a beautiful piece of art? And the artist simply replied that he took away what was not the goat. So you just take away what's not working, and then what's left, all that's left is the good stuff. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the secret sauce, I think, to becoming the strongest runner you can be, Mm -hmm. is getting really in tap with what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what's your inner goat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, like, letting everyone else be their own goats yeah. <laughs> and figuring out what, what's your sauce. Yeah, people to this day are always like, you don't wear a Garmin every day? Or how, how do you know how far you ran? Or how this? I'm like, I know based on, because I'm so in tune, like, I can guess my pace pretty close. Better than probably, you know, a lot of satellite things if you're going to be out in the woods and doing other things. Well, and, and more importantly, it boils down to the idea that, that exact pace and exact distance don't matter. Exactly. You know, so in, fact, in fact, it can't even distract you know, sometimes. Because I mean, it's also variant based on your training right. and how you feel that day. And when you race, to be able to race, it's not all like just hitting one mm-hmm. pace. It's being able to respond, listen to your body. How are you mm-hmm. feeling that day? Because it changes. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you look at, you know, a race is a competition, you know, at the root of, of competition is, is, you know, uh, togetherness, you know, C, you know, C-O-M-P, you know, that, that preface is togetherness, you know, so you get more out of yourself by being around other people and you drive them to be better, but you don't get that as well if you're so concerned about the data that is being streamed through your watch and your heart rate monitor. You're looking outside of yourself. All, exactly. exactly. And you're, you're not know? in the moment, really. Yeah, you're not living in the moment, and you're not getting <laughs> the most out of yourself, and you're not helping others get the most out of themselves either. You know, so if you're all... You're just not in tune. If you're all in tune with yourselves, you'll be in tune with each other much more closely, and you'll ultimately drive each other to a better, you know, a better performance. Yeah. It's a really fine balance, I think, as we are given more and more technology tools mm-hmm. in this world to, as you guys said, like, stay simple in in the training and stay true to, like, what works for you. Mm-hmm. 
when during CU did you two meet? Because now obviously oh, you guys yeah. are the first week. <laughs> the first week. <laughs> so, so, sometime around that goat speech. Yeah, goat speech. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, she just transferred into CU. Uh, it was I was one in my sophomore year. No, you were a third year, and I was a, I was a fourth year. That's what it so. was. And oh, so, yeah. uh, going into my third year, and so we met um, just briefly at, yeah. at over at Plotsfield, and then and then got to know each other at uh, our cross country camp. In yeah, Grand all the, we all Colorado. go for like four days before the school starts yeah. to get to know everyone. Yeah. So, can you recall each other's first impressions of each other? He can better than I can. Well, I know my first impression. He was eating cereal with his shirt off, and I was done. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love cereal and I like muscles, so I was done. <laughs> oh, and she asked me to go kayaking with her, which I was really excited about. I was really shy, and so having her, um, you know, be the you know, the first mover and, and not being afraid to come up to me and say, hey, do you want to come out That's and, his first and go, <laughs> go kayaking? I was, I was psyched. So I was Aww. like, yeah, that sounds great. And, and she was a lot of fun. Uh, we just, and he fell yeah, on the boat for me. Very easy to talk so, with. <laughs> saved me from falling into and the And then, yeah, we had a great little ride on the, on, in the water. The 40 degree fall lake. The, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, so. And so it's been like, you guys have been together since, yeah, since the kayak ride. 13 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. And what's also, I think, really unique about your relationship is you guys are business partners, training partners, and just your worlds, what you've created together has not been able to have been done without one person. No. And that togetherness is what you spoke of. Is It sounds like that ethos is at the core of what you guys are building in your life. It, it totally is. Like, I mean, maybe we have Coach Whatmore to thank for that, too, then. <laughs> but um, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> but, um, um, I mean, he is known for his matchmaking skills. <laughs> He's actually not a part of that. But I think just the people that are... He attracts. Yeah, that come to see you. It just it's a really is like a family a little bit. Um that's not probably the right term, but <laughs> it's just really cohesive. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. definitely, you know, attracts a lot of like-minded people. Yeah. You know, with similar goals. But yeah, I mean, it's not like, but now that we are so, we have so many hats now in our relationship that it does take balance. And I think mm. maybe learning that from the beginning, like, helps enable you to continue. Yeah, that's really, really beautiful, beautifully said. With your training now, I know, Renee, you mm-hmm. are the one who's looking towards, you know, racing, making an Olympic team. What does it like look like on a day-to-day basis of how you coach, how you advise each other, how you train together? Yeah, um, so we're still like, I think it's always a process, like, and figuring it out. But um, I mean, it's coming, time is ticking. And so that is our focus now. But having, you know, the business, um, training, recovery, all of it trying to balance and and live like I'm a social person so I like that part but the business kind of provides that um, but I've had to put a lot of structure into my life that I didn't have before um, people that know me know that's not my um, strong suit um, I'm like I said I'm an all-or-nothing I could be the laziest or the most dedicated um, but I mean Trainings first for me, and so it's usually what I do in the first thing in the day after I wake up and have some coffee. Um, a little bit addicted to that right now, <laughs> but um, and um, then we're at recharge for a little bit. And you know, the cool thing about being here is we have so much positivity here um, and support that it's. I mean, I'll have, see the Cairo one, one, one day, and then, you know, a couple days later, I'll see the acupuncturist, and they're all talking, and, you know, I'm in PT every week right now, and, um, you know, it's just a really positive environment that supports training, so, um, and Austin, as the person who actually undertakes the training with um, Isaiah, you should talk about that part. Yeah, so, I mean, right now, Renee's main goal um, that she's building up for is the Olympic trials and the marathon uh, in February, February 13th. Yeah, in LA, and so um, you know that's 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 uh, I suppose her next major goal, followed by uh, the track trials um, in July. Um, but yeah, for right now, you know the goal is a marathon, and uh, her primary coach um, Isaiah um, is located in uh, Washington D.C. and he's a 
real awesome guy, a real gem. He really, he really knows his stuff. Uh, he's been at it for a long, long time, worked with a lot of great athletes. And so, yeah, basically we're just, you know, we're working together for, you know, me and him um, kind of piece together a lot of her training and then she comes in and, you know, she's ultimately the decider, you know, because it's her no. body, she knows how she feels. <laughs> and so the buck stops with her, so she has to, you know, determine, does this make sense today? Um, and, uh, but you know, we try to make the schedule such that, you know, it's conservative enough that she should be able to follow it. And um, really that's our main goal is being conservative, focusing on recovery and making it to the start line healthy because that's well over half the battle. Yeah, and like I said, like our, our training like plan, it's really focused on specificity and recovery, like he said. But mainly, I've already done well in the first marathon and it's mainly they're working together. The reason he said focus on recovery is I had, I, I, it's for me handling the mileage, you have to be able to handle focusing on recovery at the same time. Because if you can't, it's gonna break you down. And there's so many people that go to the start line of the marathon overtrained is the right, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy to get into that um, when people start throwing out 120 miles a week and 140, which gosh darn, it's not even my realm of brain thinking. But, um, you know, it's just like you have all these, you know, people focus so much on that part, they don't focus on the other parts. And so it's building it together with a mindfulness, um, you know, like right now, like, uh, like what Isaiah has really drilled in is like after that big big long effort I have once a week like the next two days have to be ridiculously easy and so it's just having a mindfulness of when those things happen so bringing it back around just to sum it up it's basically doing what I did for Chicago but smarter taking out what's not working what's not the goat and keep, it's all about the keep, goat yeah it's all about the goat <laughs> and keep what is work what did work and being prepared better and in better condition because I've also put recovery in there and um, and a lot of strength work a ton I do a lot <laughs> but all of it has a place though and so it's you know looking at it like we rushed into that first one mm -hmm. and we, we it's funny how the pieces actually worked but I did have trouble coming out of that marathon because I at the I, I didn't put always the mindfulness of the recovery in between like so if I met like you know, and saying, no, this is when this has to get done, and this is when this is getting done, and um, especially, like, after the really hard efforts, and so, um, and it's really important with those longer efforts, too. And I think that, though, I mean, for a lot of listeners who listen to this podcast, they're not professional runners, nor will they ever be professional runners, that's their aspiration, but a lot of people run marathons, and I don't mm -hmm. think people are really aware of how important the recovery side is yeah. at mm -hmm. any level as a mm -hmm. runner. In fact, it's, it's equal to just yeah like when you say any level it's a big stress and you think you feel okay you almost there's a moment where you all the training comes in and you almost feel invincible for a little while and that's almost the most risky time and because you're not i mean most people aren't doing 18 mile long runs but right before they get to the marathon including myself it's when i'm doing marathon training i push up and it's a lot on your body and if you want to do it you know more than just once or you know get through it and have the best experience possible that's the most important thing to focus on as well as getting the mileage in can you speak to me a little bit specifically about what kind of recovery practices are a part of your training in this cycle yeah mm -hmm. um do you want it or me sure um <laughs> i mean we, we we both can uh let's see well for one thing is there's always um either two or three easy days after um, a hard session, you know, before the next hard session. Um, so we've la learned that, you know, two, sometimes, you know, oftentimes three days is the amount of time required to, to bounce back. You know, a lot of people follow more of an every other day kind of schedule, but we found that spacing it out a bit more works better. She takes one day off from running a week where she does not Completely. run a step. Um, oh yeah, that's do, awesome. You know, if she's feeling up for it, she's more than welcome to do some active recovery, like right. But no the, pounding and you no. You have to effort. go go in the pool, go for a go for a hike if she wants to, but low key, no stress is the key. Um, and then other forms of recovery would be you know after the hard days, as soon as possible, getting in the in the Normatec compression boots, the compression hip shorts. Um, using the uh, hot and cold, the hot and cold 
contrast tubs, um, as well as the infrared sauna. I do a lot of stuff. A lot of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but the key is like you gotta respect like what he's saying that long like especially the hard efforts in marathon training. Like I only go hard twice a week. Mm-hmm. That's it. The rest is like level two training. Besides, there is weights scattered in there in strength training. I never do any type of plyometric tired. So it's it's planned in there. I have the days are planned, and so um, the key is you can't make up training because it will mess up the entire. Um, recovery process so and that's hard to get like you'll just be like oh I didn't get my long run today so I'm gonna move it to the next day but then all of a sudden your long run is really close to your next workout and you're a recipe for disaster um you just pretend it didn't you just pretend you did it (laughs) and move on your schedule as it is but those two especially after the big one at least like two days should be like easy like I'm I have Sunday is my biggest Monday's no running at all and Tuesday I'm not even allowed to double um, it has to be super easy because I need to be ready to hit the next four days like, and get the mileage up and recover and absorb, absorb that training. And so anything you can do to speed that up, whether you know getting in the Normatec, putting your legs up, contrast baths, um, I'm really into that over just a straight ice bath, um, which we can get into later. But um, it's you know, doing what you can. That doesn't mean you're, you're going to spend 10 hours on your legs you should plan your training around that. Like if I have a shift, if I'm going to be at recharge for a while, my hard day is not the day before or, you know, it's not, that's not on a recovery day. Travel is not a recovery day. Like people forget their life is part of that whole equation. Like, and even though I'm a pro athlete, I am a business owner too. And so I do have other, other responsibilities and, you know, you have to have the balance. I don't work a shift on that day off. Just because it's a day off from running, you, you think it makes sense to, to, oh, I'll get work done that day, or I'll clean the house, that'll be the day I do stuff. That is not the day to do anything, <laughs> like, because your body needs a break from it all. So it's, you know, I think that's a big key. And you can do things if mentally, you know, like, I'll get in, I'll, you know, get in the contrast fast, but that's all positive things to speed up recovery and not negative things, like. Yeah, it's, it's very therapeutic things that yeah. you're doing for your body in those mm-hmm. In those moments and something you've touched upon is the fact that you guys have created this facility where athletes really of all levels can have access to the recovery tools that help pros do their do their thing and <laughs> it's pretty amazing I mean I being here at recharge I've never tried Normatec compression boots or hot ice or ice contrast baths and I've been doing it like every day this past week and in, in, in heaven <laughs> oh awesome yeah it's awesome and I just, I want to know a little bit about the inspiration behind this building and this yeah. community you guys cool. are creating. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, a few years ago, Renee had surgery on her Achilles. In 2011. Um, yeah, 2011. And uh, she actually had that done in Sweden uh, by one of the best Achilles surgeons on the planet. We're Lauren. Yeah, she, I did, we just sent her there. She's my third athlete I've sent there. I have another message actually right now from an athlete, but yeah, yeah. same place. And then uh, following that operation, she rehabbed at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs for, we were there for almost four months. Yeah, wow. And um, so at the center, uh, they had a lot of this kind of stuff. You know, they had uh, chiropractors, PTs, doctors, and all that for rehab. And in addition to that, they had a, um, you know, athlete kind of self-help area where they could could walk in and have access to the Normatec compression gear, hot tub and cold tub, a sauna, um, massage therapy, and Renee used it all the time. Yeah, it was really the game changer for me. Um, Achilles surgery is pretty, pretty, pretty huge, and you know a lot of people at that time weren't coming back from things like that. Um, and like, and like he said, I was really fortunate to go to the best Achilles surgeon in the world, and you know, and I, I send anyone there that that needs help, but. Um, Anyways, it, I ran that marathon debut just a year after that surgery, and it should have, like, and it's, everything there, it wasn't, you know, just one thing. It was the whole package, and it changed us, even how we thought about recovery, how we thought about training, um, the, everything, like, being there around, like, you know, the best, and I was hanging out with, like, the head physiologist all the time, and the, the head doctor, and, um, we were inspired by it that this should be for everybody, and, 
even pro athletes most don't have unless they live there don't have the access um and the technology is not even new anymore that's the funny thing it's just like the information is just not out there and so it was building it because like after surgery when my achilles like i went for a long run you know in the months coming back you start building but like it would flare up because you know whenever you have surgery it's you can scar tissue it's a process building all the tendons tightening everything back up and you know as soon as i would feel anything i could take care of it right away like i could go right in no appointment and so not only do they have all those amazing pts and trainers they just having that recovery center there and it just inspired us to continue that and make it accessible to everybody and a community as well where it's inspiring and you can learn and grow as an athlete yeah in a nutshell <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's a tremendous thing you're doing and i think you're it's a really big paradigm shift that you guys are pioneering in creating a center like this that is not like an olympic training center it's a center for olympians can come but mm -hmm. so can anyone else <laughs> oh yeah it's i mean it, in fact i think it's even it's revolutioning that side because people you will hear it sometimes like oh but i'm not a pro athlete and we're like do you not have goals do you do you not have pain i think every single person in this world has some yeah. kind of pain that happens and they think it's status quo to live with it yeah. and it's not and people want to be active for life i mean it's even more important if you think about it as a pro mm -hmm. athlete my career is over in the next five years so longevity is it's in there but it's still not past my, my 40s but i plan to run I want to be the 80-year-old on that start line. I want to be there. I won't be going for first place. I'll be there just because I love it. And I don't want to ever have to stop. And so I think it's almost more important when it's something you love. It doesn't matter what level you are to keep being able to keep doing that for as long as possible. That's really sweet because I think you're empowering people to take ownership of their goals mm -hmm. by, yeah. by taking care of themselves and putting their recovery and their body and their health first yeah. in this crazy nonstop world that we live in. Yeah, and I mean, think about how many people think they can't run. I'm like, maybe if, if they had better resources, not only like, A, don't just jump into running like a lot, <laughs> but B, like focus on the recovery side of things because it's hard on your body. But yeah. running is special and... It's something that keeps you in tune with nature, yourself, your own body. Um, I mean, nothing's more simplistic than just throwing on a pair of shoes and going out by yourself. But to be able to keep doing it, like, I think it's changing on that whole front, like, and what you should be doing for training and recovery. I mean, Dina Castor's quote is my favorite thing. And it's, there's no such thing as overtraining, it's under recovery. And so it's all about are you taking care of yourself and enabling yourself to be able to do what you want it to do and what you're asking it to do. Yeah, that's really, I love that quote by Dina. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Because you guys train together and you see the ins and outs of the runs, the workouts, when you look at, let's say, the past year, what has been a run that you guys have shared together where you felt like you learned something new about the other person? Oh, that's, mm. a, that's a good question. Good question. <laughs> it could be yeah, a verbal or non, an unspoken thing you learned or... Can I have 10 minutes to go brainstorm? No. <laughs> First hey. run that comes to mind. Gosh. I know for me, Here which is go. gonna help him probably, um, no, I'm gonna talk about myself, which is not good, but um, I get emotional when I run more than any other time in my life because it's something so deep for me. Like, it's not just about, you know, running races and doing this. It's, it's, it's like a deep love for me. And when I'm out there, like, that is when I'm the most emotional of any, I'm not even not, a, I'm not that emotional of a female during the day, but when I'm running, I am. It's kind of weird. <laughs> like you think it'd be different. So, um, I guess when we run is actually when we have the most, um, kind of soul searching deep, not always positive, sometimes they're complex, but, um, conversations. And, um, for me, it's, I know that Austin in particular has an easier time opening up and talking when we're running. Um, I feel like a lot of conversations start there. I can't always handle it then, but, <laughs> but um, it's, I don't know. I think maybe it's just cause we're, we're just so much more in touch during that time. So I know I didn't get very specific on that, but um, 
Do can you think of a specific example? I don't think a specific it's harder example. because I mean, there's so many years in there. There's so <laughs> many examples, um, but uh, um, no, I mean, well, I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, net, net, now that you're talking about that, all I can think about is this one run that we were doing out in, in Boulder at the Res. We we're doing a lawn run or whatever, and I think it was it was fairly early on in our coach athlete relationship you know, oh. and, we were still, <laughs> and we were married and everything uh, you know a younger married couple and I think it was like one of the first like you know we we, we, we got in a we got in a big argument about something that you know about running related about something that would, it wasn't a big deal but it was you know but it clearly was a big deal at that point because you know both of us were, were really passionate about it but her in particular was just very you know yeah you you don't want to do anything to, to mess up her rhythm when she's on a run because, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, well, because it's a sacred time, you know, for her. It so it's, you know, and so uh, she likes to keep it that way. Um, you know, and so, uh, but there's, but that was kind of the first run I could think of where it was like, you know, had to, you certainly had to, there was a different way to um, approach conversations during a run, I suppose, you know, at least for us. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Austin opens up more, and then for me, it's it's I don't know, it's just sacred time, so like, yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, I was describing to a friend who didn't run today how for me, like, running is like going to church, mm-hmm. yeah, like being in nature, mm-hmm. being outside. I mean, I do go to church actual church but I also find that like being in nature is a communion with me with like my higher power yeah Yeah. Yeah. and and that when I get to share that with other people that's like even much more of a gift to get to share that and dwell in that space with friends and family yeah Yeah. like I know we went into the relationship of things but that you just opened up another side it's like sharing that with someone because we do it together is even like you know I use the word sacred but like I don't mean just the act of running I'm saying our relationship in itself like not everyone gets that you know connection um I mean we'll always be pointing things out and getting one and staying in the moment and it's just it's special yeah it's really special and kind of returning back to something you spoke to Renee with running your first 800 meter race was (laughs) it's also keeping that like childlike wonderment to it Mm-hmm. And that, like, you guys do have, like, real-world pressures of trying to make the Olympics and, you know, running this business, but that running can be this still, even as it is your profession, it still can be that expression mm-hmm. of just total joy and mm-hmm. simplicity. It's really, it's so cool how it can have so many meanings. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. And I, I was reading an article about after the 2012 marathon at Chicago where you debuted in two hours, 27 minutes and some amount of seconds, um, (laughs) which is super speedy for most listeners out there. That's incredibly fast. And, but it's not just about being fast. It's knowing that, as you said, that year leading up to it was probably like an extremely transformational, challenging year. It was a roller coaster. (laughs) It was a total change in my life during that time. Yeah, and that something I was thinking about was that you, there was a quote in the article that was saying something to the effect of, like, only Austin knew, like, what I was capable of. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you were shooting mm-hmm. for 225, <laughs> and, like, only he knew, and you knew that that, and so I think that's almost something that I was trying to get at, and I'd mm-hmm. love to kind of, like, sit in, mm-hmm. is this understanding of, like, you guys really only know what each other are capable of because you share so many things together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah, that, I, I remember that being asked that after the race because obviously, like, as a first-timer, that's a big goal. But when you, A, I have this amazing support who's there, you know, for all of my workouts and training. He knows my body, my capabilities better than anybody else, and my weaknesses. He knows both. Um, and how, what led up to that time, I mean, obviously I was coming off Achilles surgery, People, you know, would not have thought I'd run that at all. But we were together that whole time. You remember the training? We were just me and you. Mm-hmm. There was no one yeah. else, like, yeah. no outside influences at that time. Um, and, you know, I had doubts when I got there because 
you know, you hear the other athletes talk, oh, I ran this many miles a week, or I did this, or I'm like, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> but, you know, he was there saying, you know, you were ready. Like, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or what anyone else is. And, you know, like, in that particular article, because everyone was shocked that I ran that fast at the time. And, and, and basically it was like, but Austin knew that I was ready. And he wasn't surprised and so and that gives you the confidence in the world I and mean, when you have someone who's right there and knows you so well so well and that shows people that running is not a sport that's meant to be endeavored alone yeah that's a good point <laughs> that like really even though it's a one person yeah putting one foot in front of the other it's as you've said it's your teammates it's your coaches it's your friends it's the people who lift you up to help you realize your potential mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's actually pretty funny yeah. that you said that do you remember when we were staying in Sun River and we found that book it was like a book from like the 60s or 70s and it had a quiz like to know if you're a runner. And, it, <laughs> and the quiz goes, do you like being alone? Do you not like talking to people? No, <laughs> like, I mean, it was totally like the opposite of how I feel running is. Do you remember? Yeah, it? yeah. I mean, yeah, because I think a lot of people do view running as, you know, an escape and a way to get away from people. And it certainly can serve as that as, 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 as well. And it can be a very effective tool for that. But on the other end of the spectrum, it's a it's a fantastic way to do just the opposite to, to you know engage with other people to connect you know, to connect yeah. with them on and a very deep, deep level yeah very deep level and like the the connections are special and then also just knowing you know yourself and someone else deeper through those journeys and so yeah it's it's awesome and I imagine the many miles you guys have run together have prepared you for some of the challenges of owning this business. What what would you say has been the biggest challenge in starting Recharge? And how has the Bend community re- reacted to it? Well, um, we are very fortunate in Bend. Like, the community is incredible. But, um, and that's one of the most positive things. And it's connected us even more into the community, which um, is something that we cherish. And it's, it's so, ins- like, I'm a pro athlete, but I get inspired by our members when they're here and they're talking about their journeys and their triumphs. And so in that sense, it's, it's pretty awesome. But there's definitely a lot of challenges. Like we had never done any, we had never run, a, he was a massage therapist, I was just a runner. And we totally underestimated like, yeah, <laughs> estimated everything. But, um, um, Which you, I think is normally the case. I mean, right, you yeah. hear a thousand times, you know, a small business, oh wow. Big surprise, it takes up more time than you expect, kind of like being a parent, you know. Oh yeah, this is like our baby. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's, it takes, you know, it's a lot more, but it's so rewarding too, because it's something you're passionate about. You're not, and we learned a lot of lessons during the, during it, like what our actual dream and vision was. And I think the mistakes and challenges we, we approached actually helped us more further see exactly what we were trying to build. And as we go forth, like building more centers around the country, which is our goal, um, we have three right now and working on more. Um, Where are your other two centers? Um, one's in Washington and one's in California. And so we're working on more in Oregon and um, spreading into more in California. And so we're Bring working one to on Boston. <laughs> yeah, I would love That's to. Coming up soon. That's, East Coast is so in the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, we want to get across, um, starting with the major cities, but. Um, it's finding the right people that ha- can um, align with our vision. And like I said, we've had we've made some mistakes along the road and had challenges, but it helped shape what we want it to be and what we think makes it special. And that's kind of like the goal now is to, to fine tune it and get it. It's, we love it here. So I have to, I told my employees, you gotta make sure I leave because <laughs> I just love it here, so. Something we haven't given light to is I feel like we've spoken a lot about Renee's running and obviously accomplished a lot, but Austin, you made it to the 2012 Olympic trials. Is that correct? Well, I qualified for the trials. Yeah. yeah I, I did not compete in them, but uh, yeah. yeah. You qualified for the trials. That's mm-hmm. still, do you feel like after, you know, 2016 Rio, do you have any running aspirations that you, that are still kind of. You know, I um, right now nothing uh, in concrete, but I uh, certainly have thoughts of going up to the trails. You know, some of the, the longer trail races. You know, fifty k's, fifty milers. Um, that sounds like it, it. It has a lot of appeal to me. 
lot of tra- um, and bend. Yeah, it. and bend is a you know it's a really exploding sport right now. There's a lot of people, a lot of very good athletes that do it. Um, lots of beautiful trails. <laughs> so many beautiful trails. You know the community in that world is very tight, tightly knit, um, and so yes, looks that looks like it would be a really fun um, direction to evolve towards for myself. You know, um, but right now, you know, in the immediate future, everything that I planned out really just involves me running for my own just health goals, and um, and then also first and foremost is running in you know staying in shape to to run with her with Renee and 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 keep up with her and her. It's not that hard for him. He's fat. Which, uh, <laughs> well, but she, you know, it takes a lot of training to keep up with her. So you know, I can't slack off too much, which is is good because it's. Uh, I mean, I really you know she's the my favorite person to run with. Aww. So as long as I run with her, I'll be happy. That's good that she's your favorite person to run with. <laughs> yeah, she just stuck with me a lot. <laughs> and with Recharge, who came up with the name Recharge? What was the idea behind the name? I don't know. We, we were going through a lot know. of iterations. And like, I think we think of, yeah, I mean, I don't know who in the end who came up with the exact um, word, but it was the best in our mind, like he makes jokes because it starts with an R that I went there and I'm like, no. <laughs> but um, like we were thinking about like kind of like recharging yourself, like thinking of it more like like in that terms, in terminology. And so when we were, remember we were coming up with like, mm. we were, when we were coming up with things, there was a few names. Yeah, we went through a few different ideas. I can't, I can't yeah, I know. remember what they all were now, now but. but recharge just seemed to capture the idea that we're going for the most. Um, you know, had had that kind of, um, you know, you know, I think about, you know, electricity and, uh, you know, lightning bolt and, and in this day and age of, you know, phones and computers uh, constantly needing to be, you know, recharged, you know, humans are the same way, you know, we got to recharge our batteries too, you know, and we do it every single night when we go to bed, but sometimes we need, we need more, we need, you know, we need extra juice. Um, and so Recharge tries to provide. You can tell he's you know, an engineer going into the, <laughs> going into the, that kind of mode. <laughs> but um, yeah, he did a good job with that. But basically, just to capitalize, it just totally like brought the theme of what we're trying to put together. Yeah, and for listeners out there who, let's say, are on the East Coast or in places where they won't have access to the Recharge experience. What would you say are some recovery kind of principles or practices people could do in their own lives in their own house? Oh yeah, there's so much you can do to help yourself. I know there's distractions at home. That's the one thing um, that makes it harder almost at home as opposed to being able to go somewhere where you don't have that distraction. But there's so many things you can do. Um, we first off, like uh, we do publish on our website um, like tips and things you can do, and we have science if you want to. If people want to look more into the research, which is um, I think empowering when you know the right ways of doing things. Um, but like like we talked about the contrast bath. Yeah, um, let's dig into that. Like I I like that way more than an ice bath, and I don't know how many ice baths I've taken in my life. Um, but there's a lot of research about moving blood and vasoconstriction and dilation, um, the elasticity of the blood vessels, um, which I'm going way too far into already, I can tell. You can um, bring it. But um, it's, you know, icing has a place, but for recovery, it's not the most ideal thing. Um, so, like, you, at home, it could be, you know, changing from cold to hot in the shower and, you know, spraying them on your legs or having a cold bath and hot shower right there and going back and forth. Um, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's simple ways of doing that. And what that happens, what's happening is giving yourself that break from hot to cold. Um, you're actually getting that vasoconstriction of the blood vessels and a vasodilation in the hot. So it's helping facilitate a movement of those blood vessels, um, the elasticity. Um, the key with moving blood is you're going to want to get the old blood out and the new blood in that has all the new oxygen, the platelet-rich plasma, the growth factors. All the healing stuff is in your blood. Your body is amazing. It can do so much stuff if you help it. Mm-hmm. And so when you're done a hard workout, you know, try and get off your feet. You can elevate them. If you don't have Norman Tech boots, you know, I did this on the airplane just this last weekend, and people looked at me crazy. I actually did this on the airplane. I do um, yoga on the airplane in the uh, back, right yeah. in front of the bathroom, and everyone's like, what is that chick doing? Um, I had a band. I did monster walks in the aisles. 
Um, I'm not. You topped me on that. Yeah, I totally <laughs> did monster walks. Um, I put a blanket down. So I put my legs up against the wall, like butts touching the wall, straight up, you know, until you feel tingly in your toes, like 10, 15 minutes. Um, and that will help get the stuff out. So, like, your body, when it works hard, it pumps a lot to your muscles. But it has trouble getting it out afterwards when you're tired. Um, you have a lot of, you know, scar tissue, inflammation, excess fluid, you know, old blood that once it's gotten the oxygen to the muscles, pooling, it's more effort for it to come up. So getting, up, getting your legs elevated, you know, maybe doing the hot cold with your shower and, and um, you know, tub or just even in the shower turning it. Because it doesn't have to be crazy variances in temperature. Um, you know, foam rolling. Yeah. Another good. Uh, one. Using the R8 roller, foam roller, whatever you can do, like a lacrosse ball. Mm-hmm. I travel with one usually. We've we haven't mentioned nutrition. How? What role does nutrition play in recovery for you huge. guys? Huge. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's. I mean, within thirty minutes, you have to have something. Yeah. Like, plan ahead. If, yeah. It, it, and it's, it's nutrition is beyond doing this other stuff in fact nutrition should be your first priority mm-hmm. at the end like the other stuff after but yeah, yeah so thanks for breaking that up yeah. um, i mean nutrition and sleep i mean those two things are are you know the biggest you know components to uh recovery you know nutrition hydration sleep um and then everything else that you can do to help your body uh with you know cir- with circulating you know blood and lymphatic fluid throughout the body then you know all the better so I mean, a lot of this stuff boils down to circulation. That's that's really what facilitates the body's ability to recover. You know, recovery comes from circulation. Injury comes from stagnation. So we really want to prevent stagnation. We don't want to stagnate the blood, the lymph fluid. Um, you know, lots of. I mean, you know, just from a very energetic standpoint. Um, you know. You don't want to allow blockages of energy, whether it's you know fluid flow, um, anything else. You want to encourage m- movement and flow. So all this stuff really, really helps with that. And you can do so many things back at home. You can stretch. You can, um, you know, icing, foam rolling, putting your legs up, um, self massage, uh, massage with a partner. You know, super nice, especially you know if you both run or you both work out. Mm-hmm. You can kind of do a little. You know, That's I scratch my back, you scratch mine. <laughs> Um, you can walk on each other. We do that sometimes. It's a really nice passive way of giving and receiving. Um, so, and then yeah, obviously nutrition is is huge. So, uh, going back to flow is hy- hydrating. You know, drinking lots of fluids is huge um, because without that, you're just not going to be um, able to assimilate as many nutrients. So. Yeah, and then just eating naturally yeah. and healthy and, and mindfulness. It depends on the event you did, on yeah. um, what it should be. Like, it should it be more carbs? Should you add some protein? Mm-hmm. Is it before? Is it after? Um, that gets more fine-tuned from there. Yeah. But um, the more natural, the better. And yeah. with a mindfulness of complete, um, you know, complete nutrition. Right. So, um, like, like... I'm eating before, I, if it's a long one, make sure you got it down during it, and then after, you know, within that, you have this window where your body is gonna suck it in and basically get that glycogen to your blood as quickly as possible, or your muscles, help me mm-hmm. with this. Well, yeah, yeah, scientist. it'll, it'll you know, redeposit <laughs> re- re- into, into you know, the muscles and the liver. He's got the um, more technical terms. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's, you know, when your, your body's most, you know, fertile for, um, for all the other recovery processes. So yeah, that first you know, 30, 45 minute window, it, you definitely wanna get food. But beyond that, it's still super important. Um, and you know, one thing we see a lot of people, they get, they get so hung up on the details. Oh, I, I, I need to eat exactly this, ra- you know, this ratio of you know, carbs to fats to proteins and all this kind of stuff. But really, you, know, you can get hung up on all those details if you want to, but it should really all boil down to um, simplicity and you know just just whole good foods you know just just natural foods the more natural the better yeah i'm right there with you guys on all of that so what is ahead like what are you guys most excited about right now in your lives whether it be a project that for recharge or some element of the training the running experience i know obviously the trials are Mm -hmm. february and that's kind of the build up but what else is inspiring oh man um yeah i mean right now my focus is the trials but that inspires me so I mean everything I've been working to get my whole life kind of 
focus so that I can put all my focus into that. Um, and that is, I don't know, my, I'm pretty excited that we are have fine-tuned kind of like what direction our lives are going. So it's, it's almost like when you put like something that ha- you have to deal with at some point, like the marathon's coming, it's February. So I have to get everything kind of in a line because I'm going to go train in Albuquerque in December and January and I'm going to, I mean, I love going on training trips. It's like my favorite thing. But, um, you know, it just, it served as almost like the funnel to focus what's important and what needs to get done and then where we want to go from there. Mm-hmm. And so, am I explaining this right, Tom? Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's really good. I feel like, you know, her running is almost, she has to take a more focused approach on with her own training because of the business. Um, and so the business, you know, instead of acting simply as a distraction, actually helps her train better, more efficiently. It, it, it forces her to say, okay, how can I do this better? How can I, how can I, how can I do more with less? And, you know, that's really the goal in training is trying to get more out of yourself with, with less. Um, you know, put in the least amount of effort to get the most amount of output. And there's um, a lot of intention now more in my life when I do things. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there's not just like everything has a time and a place and then there's intention. I'm fully there when I'm there because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is my time to do this. Instead of before, like the last few years, I've been kind of like, oh, I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to run over here. And like, and then just like help me like really say, all right. I'm fully present in this moment now. This is what I'm going to be working on. Um, and then, you know, from there, I it's really opened up a lot of doorways from there. So, you know, A, balance in life, um, what my focus is. And it's not just the trials coming up. That's just, it will be like, that's less than a year away. So um, not that short-sighted. <laughs> but it's about just the journey of life and, like, where we want it to go. And, um, you know, we've gotten recharge kind of really um, fine-tuned we have our training we're really working on fine-tuning and doing things with intention and so I guess what I'm excited about now is like the growth um, and the years to come now that everything has gone to this part and the way um, we've structured yeah that the foundation is so solid yeah that you guys are really ready to fly yeah I like that (laughs) yeah and next and What's most on tap this afternoon is a run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are you guys going to run? I think we're just going to go over the river trail, do probably just a little, I don't know. We're just going to go float. Miles. We're going to go float on the river trail. That's what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Not float like on the river, but around it. But we know like it's kind of fun. It's like where we see everyone we know, but it's all really supportive and fun and um, chill. But Ben's really lucky. Like, Right outside the door, we have an amazing trail, and so I was running on the river trail this morning. It's the best. Yeah, it's yeah, stunning, cool. and um, so it never gets old for us. <laughs> um, and so we're just gonna. It's it's a nice way to end, and then end of the day. So thank you guys so much for coming and sharing your stories. Did yeah. you do okay? Yeah, <laughs> you did awesome. <laughs> Renee and Austin are amazing, right? It's so cool how they train and are growing a business together with such teamwork, passion, and respect. I hope you feel inspired to begin to take your recovery to the next level. Since returning back home to Boston after my time in Bend, I've started to incorporate contrast baths, which Renee explains in the podcast, as an easy way to bring these recovery practices into your own home. If you're in San Francisco, Washington, or Bend, Oregon, I highly recommend checking out their recharge centers, and you will be blown away by all the recovery gear, gadgets, and resources they have. If you're interested in taking your recovery a step further, you should consider looking into Inside Tracker. And lucky for you, Running on Ohm has partnered up with Inside Tracker to give you a discount on Inside Tracker's tests. So, what's even Inside Tracker, you ask? Well, it's a personalized health analytics company that gives you nutrition and lifestyle recommendations tailored to your body and life based on a thorough analysis of your blood and physiological data. Inside Tracker has numerous different plans of varying specificity that will give you simple and sustainable nutritional lifestyle recommendations to follow that will not only help you perform at your best, but also help you recover faster. Visit InsideTracker.com to receive 10% off any plan with the discount code RUNNINGONOM, all in caps at checkout. 
A big thanks to today's sponsor, Dan Walters Running. If you love running, are willing to work hard, and want to improve your fitness, get in touch with Dan. You won't regret it. He's honestly one of the most friendly, knowledgeable, and passionate coaches and human beings I know. Find DW Running on Facebook and check out today's show notes for more info on Dan's coaching. Before I sign off for today, I want to let you know that this month, I'm returning to posting two podcasts a week. Some of you may not even realize, but after I record one interview, it takes up to 10 hours to prepare the podcast for your listening experience. I am so committed to giving you all the most professional, authentic, and incredible guests every week, twice a week actually, but I also need your help in spreading the word about running on Ohm. Tell a friend, share it on your social media, leave a review, anything you can do to help me grow this podcast together counts. If you leave a review during the month of October, you can be eligible to win a free swag bag of nuts, so the only seven nut and seed butter on the planet. Send a screenshot of your review to runningonohm at gmail.com or tweet it to at runningonohm before October 31st, and the winner will be randomly chosen and announced by November 2nd, 2015. I always love to hear from all of you, whether it be a tweet, Instagram, comment, Facebook post, or email, reach out, let me know you tuned in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting Running on Ohm. Thank you for reaching out. Deep gratitude to each and every one of you. Yes, you. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I hope you have a rue-filled day.